What's up, peeps? I'm Mark Zalmanoff, and I'm here to help you make good choices. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Make Good Choices podcast. I am your host, Mark, the fitness ninja Zalmanoff, with a very special guest in-house today. But before we get started, please, for the love of God, please subscribe, leave me a review. None of y'all, y'all haven't left a review since like October. And I know, I know y'all listen to this damn thing because I look at my numbers. So if you're listening and you have not left a review, Jesus is watching because it's almost his birthday. So please go leave a review and uh, share this with your friends so other people can make good choices. But today, my guest, another, another one of my Apex brothers. I love this dude. I met this guy. It hadn't really been that long. Like earlier this year, we met, we met in our Apex executives group and uh, he's, he's the hookup. And I'll tell you what he, what he hooks up for. He like literally and, and figuratively is the hookup on all things off-road truck badassness uh it, it's so cool we'll we'll talk about his uh his adventures in austin with his ford raptor later but uh he is the owner of outlaw off-road of texas for 22 years he is an off-road and truck expert he's also an airbnb entrepreneur which is so cool uh that stuff kind of goes over my head a little bit but uh, I am grateful to have him on the show. We're going to learn a lot from this guy. So, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Shaner, welcome to the show, sir. What is going on, Mr. Mark? Hey, you know, just another day of glory and riches. I heard and, that. Uh, I'm grateful to have you here. Thank you for having me on, brother. Uh, man, I appreciate your time, sir. I know you're a busy man, so let's get this thing rolling. Uh, you've listened to this show a few times, so hopefully you know the question coming at you right now. But if you don't, here it is anyway. So before we get into all the things that you do and what makes you money and all that, what I want you to share with our listeners is who is Justin? So uh, Justin Shaner is a free man that is becoming the best version of himself. And it is that wants to be a shining example to everyone around me. I like that. I like that. So let's, uh, you know what? I like that statement a lot. Let's dive into that for a minute. So what do you define as a free man? You know, um, and it all started with kind of like with following Sean Whalen and lies not sheep, man, this whole mask mandate. Um, I refuse to wear one since day one, um, except on an airplane when I have to get on a flight. Uh, but other than that, man, I'll avoid anything I need to avoid. So, and, and being vaccinated, you know, and, and just being a free man, man, that's what our uh, country is founded on. Um, my relatives all fought the war and man, they fought for a reason. Um, I am unfortunately not a military. I did not serve in the military, but I have had respect to those that did. And man, they fought for a reason and died for our, for our freedoms, man. It's, uh, I, you know, you're a Texan, like you live in Texas. I live in Texas. Very grateful to be here for the past year, almost two years now that this shenanigans has been going on. Um, what, what have you seen? Cause you travel some too. And, and I've seen it in my travels where I kind of forget that we live in Texas and we, and we operate a little differently, you know, like Texas and Florida kind of doing our own thing. What have you seen as you've gone around the country? Because I know, you, like I said, I know you travel a lot. You've, you've been up north. You've been all over the place. What, what, what kind of differences in culture have you seen throughout these last couple of years now? Um, man, I'm going to say people are like a lot less unfriendly, per se, uh, <laughs> that people are keeping to themselves. Um, either masks or keeping them separated between smiling, eye contact, 
um, whether it be the airport, grocery store, um, the hotel lobby, um, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I, that's, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed. And it's kind of depressing, man, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, in my my interaction with you is you're a pretty smiley guy. Like you're kind of like me. Like you you got a smile on your face. You you go up and talk to people and hug people and interact. And I know I I found it a little difficult probably last year at some point just going out and everybody's all masked up and and I didn't have one on either. So I'd smile at people and you know, you catch that one person out that didn't have their mask on either, kind of give them that eye like, "Yeah, I see you. I see you." But I've been very grateful that you know, again, living in Texas, there's less of it than than in most places. Did you kind of experience some of that same thing of like, I want to see people's faces. Like, I want to see people smiling. I, I do, man. I love making people laugh. I'm always trying to cut up. Uh, and man, I just want everyone to have fun. You know, we're alive for a reason. And uh, I, I tell you, one of the biggest things I noticed traveling, man, was wearing, I proudly wore my Lions Not Sheep shirt. And man, people will point, give me a thumbs up, give me a fist bump um outside of texas and everywhere you know so I, I wear that thing with pride and man people are they're still masked some of them and i don't i don't push to the limit of you know if you're really a lion's not sheep why are you wearing masks i don't go that i don't divulge into them they're still giving me a fist bump because they understand what's going on i love yeah. it i love it yeah i mean i'm of the thought like you want to do what you want to do have it. i don't care just don't tell me what to do exactly. that's all that's all yes, um does that count for burpees as well uh, no, if I tell you to do burpees, it's time to do burpees. All right. Yes, <laughs> oh, burpees. They're so good. They're so valuable. Um, so one of the things I really want to talk about. So we we did an event earlier this year called Apex Evolution. Um, it was a brainchild of myself, Zach Hughes, who's a former Green Beret, Ryan Steumann, who's one of our mentors. And we basically took a bunch of people out for 24 hours and, and slowly ramped up the ass whooping and then turn them over to a bunch of former special operators for the night and did some just incredible stuff. Um, I want to talk about your experience through that because, you know, it was something that we talked almost last minute and you were like, yep, whatever, sign me up, let's go. Right. So, so number one, I want that mindset from you because you just, everything I've seen from you, you just dive in and go. And then let's talk about what, what that experience was like for you and what you've seen afterwards. So, you know, I did question you, making sure that I could handle this, you know, what kind of beat down I was going to get. But, dude, you said I picked you for a reason. And I was like, you got, you got faith in me. So let's freaking do this. And uh, going in, I wasn't nervous, man. Um, I, I don't get nervous in stressful situations. Um, I don't worry. Um, I know God's got my back. Uh, and, you know, yeah, I'm going to get beat down. I'm going to get out of breath, but you know what? I'll rest for a minute and I'll get right back to it. You know, uh, one of the biggest lessons that I learned um, in Apex Evolution was something so simple. Um, you know, it's, you saw us at, at 7 a.m. after being extremely beat down. Dude, you know, Zach yelled out push-ups and dude, we all broke down and got our 20 push-ups on and it was the best uniform line and in uh, synchrony, synchrony order that you've ever probably seen. And dude, I still had 20 push-ups left in me. I could still go run a mile after getting beat down. That blew my mind that I could effectively do that. Um, so I left, um, it opened my thoughts into that there's so much I'm leaving on the table, man. There's so much left, more left in my tank. Um, even though I'm, you know, a bigger boy, man, I, I, I handled it, you know? Um, and like, like Zach said, you know, 90% of it is mental 
and the other 10% is mental as well. <laughs> That's and, the greatest quote. <laughs> you know, and dude, it was, you know, we got dumped in the water within the first 30 minutes. Uh, so it was freezing cold. Um, my bald head was cold. You know, um, I did have to break down and ask that for a beanie uh, and to keep myself a little bit warmer. Uh, but man, it just, it's just a powerful, powerful movement and the teamwork of the camaraderie between everyone was unbelievable. It's so easy. We'll, we'll get into your business here in a minute. It's so easy when you're the owner and, and the one that everyone relies upon to feel isolated and to feel alone in the journey of, of business building and entrepreneurship. And, you know, you talk about that moment at 7 a.m. because we had come back out there to, to watch you guys, you know, bring it on home. And for me, you know, because that the event was a concept that I brought to the table and it was like that proud dad moment because I saw all of you trooping back. You know, you were dirty and, and, and obviously tired. Everybody had been up for a day or longer. And, and that moment, that push-up moment when it was, y'all were loud. You were louder than you had been the entire time, perfectly synced up. Like, it was amazing. And it really showed, it showed me that we, we crafted something special there. And that all the right players were in place, not only the guys running it, not only Zach and his guys, but, you know, the crew of people that you were working out with that whole time, too. Like it was it, all of you guys were meant to be there. And it was it really was awesome to see it kind of culminate in that moment in the pride, like everyone was just carrying themselves a little taller again, even though you had you know been up all night and freezing cold, like there was this this posture that you guys had that was really cool to see. So it was a super awesome moment for me. I bet, and I can't imagine what that felt like on the other side. And I'm hoping to see that on the future with, another, with round two, you know, for us to be able to see those, that change, you know. And one thing that kept pushing me, man, you know, Sarah, she was a female, she's older than all of us. And I was like, dude, I can't let her show me up. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, I'm not giving up, period. And man, I was extremely proud of her for, uh, her pushing and, and, and not, we even asked to carry her backpack, her ruck sometimes, it, but she, she didn't want to give it up, man. She trooped it out. And that, that instilled in me, like, dude, if she can do it, what the fuck can, why, why can't I? And I will do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, she was awesome. And, you know, she, she had mentioned to me before, she's like, I don't want to be treated any different. I don't want anybody to be like, Oh, well, she's the female. She's like, no, I'm going to do every fucking thing that everyone else is doing. And she did. She did. It was so fun to watch. Um, yeah. And I look forward to having you out there again, you know, being, being a, a different role in that and being able to speak from the other side of what you experienced. And, and, you know, that's the beauty of it, right? Like we get to pay this thing forward now and, and we get to be that positive influence that somebody else goes, Oh, you believe in me and I can believe in myself now. And there's, there's so much power in that. 110% man, because, you know, in entrepreneurship, um, it's hard to find someone to believe in you. And uh, that is just, uh, we have to believe in ourselves. And, and it's just, it's just life changing, man. Yeah. Yeah. So 22 years, yep. that's a long time in any business. And, you know, you came into Apex, basically position yourself as the authority, which you are on all this off-road stuff. You put so many things on so many trucks in, in our network it's incredible. Um, obviously, a lot to kind of pull out of, of this 22 years. So let's go all the way back to the beginning. Yep. And I want to know, how did you get into this industry in the first place? 
And then we'll kind of talk about what that journey looked like and, and let's extract some, you know, successes and failures out of this for other people to really learn from. hundred percent, man. So uh, when, you know, I grew up, man, middle-class family, average family, uh, did our 4-H and FFA fun stuff. Um, parents instilled some core values in us. Um, we're always going to have to work for what we want. They never gave us anything. Um, and so when I was 15 years old, I'm the, I'm the oldest. I'm, parents said, hey, you want a truck, son? Well, you're going to get the, get your ass to work. So the summer of being 15 years old, man, I, I'm a parent, my mom took me to a construction site and I was just cleaning up. But hey, man, I was probably making four or $500 a week. Um, and I saved up, man. And I bought my first truck with my dad's help, uh, of, you know, guidance, you know, me and him went and looked at it. Um, I bought my first 80 Chevrolet uh, long bed four wheel drive, man. The old box square body Chevys, man. And uh, it already had a four inch lift on it and some 35 inch tires, had a Corvette 350 in it, pretty hot. Um, I think my dad was kind of uh, uh, living through vicariously through his childhood. <laughs> you know, uh, even though it was mine, I know he enjoyed working on it with me. And man, we, you know, like any, like any good dad would do, we went over the truck to make sure it was safe enough to be for a fresh 16 year old to be driving. And, uh, you know, we went through the truck, fluids changing all this stuff and making sure everything's 110%. And I said, dad, let's check the gear ratios out in these axles. And uh, well, man, yeah, I think this is back in the early to mid nineties and there was no internet. There was no, uh, I mean, there's books, but I had, I had off-road magazines, man. I had them stacked up, Peterson's off-road and, and that stuff. So I remember reading in these magazines how to do that in some technical sections. So I was drug them out. My dad didn't know how. And um, so we tested the gear ratios to see what the ratios were in the axles. And man, they didn't match. So in a four-wheel drive, the front and rear axle ratios have to match, whether it's got 308 gears or 373 gears or 410 gears. And the higher the number of, the, of a gear, the more power it's going to have, et cetera, because it cancels out the bigger tires. So the more RPMs you're going to hit. Um, well, the, the axles did not match. And my dad cannot believe it. But this man sold us a piece of shit truck, blew the rear axle out, and just threw something in it. Because had I put it in a four-wheel drive mark, that transmission, that transfer case, and those axles would have been toast. Oh. Like within seconds. Oh, wow. And yeah, so it would not have ever been able to put it full drive. And any curious kid is going to get peer pressure and, hey, let's take it down there. And then you got to tell your dad why you're stuck in a mud hole because everything's blown out. <laughs> so we found some axles in the classified newspaper. Um, and I bought it for 400 bucks, some used ones. Me and my dad swapped them out. And so basically we had to pull the lift kit off and put it right back together, not knowing we just paid attention to what we were doing, paying attention to the details. And man, that's where it started. Um, and then uh, I, I got it for my 16th birthday, everything was ready. And I was going to a private uh, Catholic high school. So my parents paid the gas bill. And when I uh, they got that first gas bill back at the end of the month, now granted, this is the early nineties, brother. That gas bill was 300 bucks. <laughs> so. I can't imagine like in today's money, that, that probably would have been 500 bucks, you know? Um, and my parents said, hell no, you're not keeping this truck. We can't afford the gas in this thing. You don't have time for a job. So they made me sell it. Well, they lo and behold, man, I made me a solid $2,500 on that truck. I sold it for like 5,500 bucks. Nice. And, uh, and that's where this passion started, man. Um, I've actually owned over 150 vehicles since I've been 15 now. Wow. Um, and some, some are toys, some are flips, some are personal daily drivers. And uh, man, and everyone's been modified though. Every single one of them has been modified. I've done a lot of trading. Um, so yeah, I've driven a lot of trucks, man. And uh, that's where it all started. And 
you know, I went to college uh, at our local college. You know, our parents were pushing us to go to college. And then I hated it, man. I mean, just like any other kid. <laughs> and my dad is an INE instrument electrical technician at one of the chemical plants here, was, did 43 years out there. And he kind of wanted me to follow in his footsteps. So I took some INE classes. You know, I aced them. But I'll tell you one thing, Mark. I was bored as fuck. <laughs> I hated it. And I was yeah. like, dude, he's walking in and out of these gates every day. And he's miserable. I can see it in his face. And I understand why he did it. Don't get me wrong. To raise a family, to be the man. But, dude, I was willing to suffer and never give up and to do what I wanted to do as a passion. And, man, that's where it started. Uh, so I did end up graduating college. Uh, it took me six years to get a two-year business degree. <laughs> and in the meantime, I started thinking with trucks. I started putting ads in the classified newspapers to do truck accessories, lift kits, tires, wheels. There was no one in our county area, um, South Texas, doing this. And, man, I got popular. Um, people were driving out to my parents' house. And, uh, man, I did that for three years out of my parents' shop. Of course, that rent was free. So that always helped out in business, right? And uh, I continually pursued it. And um, my parents didn't quite understand it. Uh, they're not from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Uh, the only thing they ever, my, my grandfather and dad, I always watched them was uh, rebuild lawnmowers and bicycles and four-wheelers. Um, so they would buy some non-running stuff, you know, spend a couple hours on them, get some new parts on them, and they'd try to make a profit. So I always found that interesting. Um, and I was like, dude, they're making money at it. It's a hobby. They enjoy doing it. And so uh, I just took it to the next level, man. I, I uh, supercharged that thing. I branched off on my own and uh, had the courage to go get a, a um, rental shop in an industrial bay back about 2002. And uh, man, I stayed there for almost 13 years and uh, made a name for myself, brother. Um, I So funny story, when I moved in to cheap and rent, you're going to love this one, man. I shared it with a uh, car audio guru and a taxidermist. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I had one guy working on car audio. One guy was uh, had fresh deer skins and mounting some heads. Oh, my gosh. While I had your brand new truck all apart in pieces. But you know what? I made it work. We split rent. We all shared the offices. And, man, it's baby steps. Um, just like other, any other entrepreneur should do, it's baby steps, man. Um, and it worked. Eventually, I we parted ways, and I took the whole shop over myself. Um, and that falls into another interesting story. So about 2007, after being heavy in this, individual approached me that owned a car audio store on a main thoroughfare in town and said, hey, I'm shutting my store, store down. Why don't you take over my store? I'll rent it to you. And that way, you got some foot traffic, some drive-by traffic, and you actually have a showroom. Because mind you, I just had a bay and an office. So I wasn't able to really display products. I said, hell yeah. I looked the lease. He made, wrote me up a lease, looked it over. Everything was kosher, man. Had a big old two-bay shop. It was all my automotive lifts in. And again, this was still me just working, man. These two hands, my tools. I was the salesman. I was the bookkeeper. Horrible <laughs> at that. Horrible at bookkeeping. And, and I was the installer and the salesman. So that was great, man. It went on for about six months. I loved it. Business picked up. Um, and I had a gentleman walk in, an elderly gentleman, and asked where this individual was. And I said, dude, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to keep his name off of this. And uh, I said, I have no idea. And he, I said, I introduced myself, man, smiled at him and said, how can I help you? He says, well, I'm the owner of this property. Uh, such and such is illegally subleasing this to you. And, you. and this property sold. You have 30 days to get out, brother. Oh, man. Mind you, I had 
truck stacked up, man. I had about a 30 day wait log on vehicles. Um, and, uh, I was like, wow, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and that guy that I was subleasing from came in and was raising hell all upset. And he goes, why did you lie? I said, dude, I'm not lying, man. I'm not going to lie to anyone about this. This is the truth. What have you all of this? And he goes, well, just to let you know, I actually own the metal building that your lifts are in and I have the right to take those and I'm going to take them down while you're working. Shit you not, Mark. He took around that whole building around down while I had vehicles in the air working on me. And so I had to finish these customers' trucks, brother. I had to call friends over to come run some electrical lighting, some more power. And, but dude, I made a promise and a pact to all my customers and we got them done. Rain, sleet, snow, whatever the hell it took, man. Uh, because the front of the building still had its showroom style and he had a right to that back building. Um, luckily, I was able to move back to my industrial bays um, and I slowly took them over as I grew and I took over three industrial bays. And then uh, 2016, man, I was able to uh, branch off. Um, I had a customer believe in me and approach me uh, to further my business along and he wanted to bankroll me and he wanted to help me create a vision plan. He wanted to help me you know, ex ex extend everything that I'm doing in my, in my career. And, uh, we got it rolling, man. Um, sales have doubled employees. I've got 10 employees now. Um, and it's rocking and rolling, man. Um, but it all comes at full circle, man. This is what I find amazing is I can walk out my front door and I can still see that little building catty corner mm. from where I had that huge hiccup. I mean, it's a daycare. You know, um, it's still a little metal building, but dude, it's still standing there. And so I just look back and I am just grateful every day that look what I built, but look where I came from, man. And I'll never forget where I came from. Those reminders are so powerful because you're right. Like, you know, we operate with this mentality where we just move forward. And, and, you know, I, I, I know I've been around you enough. You're a grateful person, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's easy to, to take for granted what, what we have because we forget how much work we've put in in between time, you know, and, and, and then it's really easy for people from the outside to go, Oh, well, I mean, look at him, you know, he's super successful. He has all these things. You're like, yeah, I worked my ass off to get here. 22 years. It's not yeah. happen overnight. Nothing happens overnight. That's a long ass time. So I want to, there's a few things you, you talked about that I want to kind of unravel here. You know, you talk about watching your dad, clocking in and out, which I think that was a lot of us. Like a lot of us had parents that had a job um, that wasn't fulfilling, that didn't bring them joy, but they did what they had to do, which is, like you said, very commendable. That's what they knew, right? Right. Was that the driving force for you to not go that route? Yes. Hands down. I wanted to be happy in life, man. I wanted to die knowing that, dude, I did the best I could and I enjoy every minute of this ride. And there's been some huge ups and downs. You know, we just slightly dove into them, but man, I would not change a single thing that has ever happened in my life to this day. You know, it's interesting when you when you think about it, like what our what so many of our parents, you can call it whatever you want, a sacrifice, prioritize, whatever, that they were willing to live that life, so we can do what we do, and and you know, you you hope that they can look back and go okay, it was all worth it because now, you know, cause we all want the best for our kids. Like, you know, I got, I got a 20 and a 14 year old and I want them to have better than I have. And, and, you know, we just hope that that influence comes through in some way, shape or form uh, to help them have, have that better life. So 
you know, I, I love that. And I hope, you know, I hope he recognizes that as well. They do. They do. They're proud of me, man. They're real proud of me. Um, you talked about ads in the newspaper. So <laughs> if you're listening to that to this and you don't know what that is, it's this paper thing that used to come to people's houses and had things in the back of it. Uh, 150 vehicles you've owned. Yep. From low riders to jacked up trucks to badass hot rods. Um, so yeah, you name it, man. I did it. Do you have a favorite or, or a couple of, you know, ones that have, you know, when you think back, you're like, damn, that was, that's, that's up there. That's high on the list. So yeah, I just, uh, about a year ago, I had a 65 Chevy truck with a, with a Corvette motor in it, basically, uh, for layman's terms, LS swap. And it was on bags, dude. It would lay frame. I mean, it was, you could air it up, cruise, haul ass, or when I parked it, dude, that body and that frame were on the ground. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was a badass ride. But, man, the minute I put it on eBay, dude, I made 10 grand on it. I was like, gone. I don't get attached, dude. <laughs> this thing rolls. So it's in California now. And that guy said, dude, call me up. You can go cruise it with me. So I've been wanting to get out there and go cruise it with him. He's got a bunch of toys. Uh, that was probably one of my favorite trucks because uh, it was fast as hell, man. Um, it was fun as hell, too. And I drove it. Um, I drove it four and a half hours home uh, from uh, Dallas area. So yeah, I cruised it, dude. No AC, windows down. I was getting waves and just flooring it, man. And my favorite truck right now, though, is my 21 Raptor. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, uh, I earned that thing. I put it on my vision board. I knew Ford was changing all the suspension underneath it for Generation 3. And uh, I picked that thing up in mid-September. And uh, they, I, that truck is a beaut, man. She's a beast. So I, I saw it the other day, by the way. Yeah. Because our buddy Tom, because <laughs> you have his truck. But I know a couple months ago, so you took that thing out to Austin. Hold on, hold on. Did, did you see it in the air or was it on the ground? Oh, it was just sitting on the ground. Oh, making sure Tom, Tom hear that. We're just checking on you, brother. Oh, man. So, so you took it to Austin. Talk about, what, like, where did you take this damn thing? You were out there racing this truck. So, yeah. And, we got, so it you looked hear, awesome. Yeah. So we did fly on Friday, that Thursday and Friday, I believe. And I needed to have a, I had all this planned out, man. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a middle, you know, Thomas talks about, I'm kind of a visionary and, but I'm also an executioner, you know? And so I had all this planned out and I had to have a fire extinguisher mounted for me to run in this course. I was running out of time, bro. So I had a fire extinguisher shipped to the hotel for flying Friday. And we, and uh, we installed that thing in the hotel parking lot, you know, like 10 minute job. And I drove straight from Dallas to Austin. It was actually a dirt track course uh, for Rally like Subaru um, Impreza's and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but they open it up. It's called Rally Ready. And they do training. You can, for a hundred bucks, dude, or 300 bucks, you can drive like 10 laps. Like you can get behind the wheels. It's oh, bad. Yeah. Well, the first, the first Saturday of every month, they let trucks out on, on a side course. And I was like, dude, we're going to air this thing out. And our Raptor group, there's a Raptor group out of South Texas. And there's probably about 10 trucks out there. And I gave it hell and I was probably the most abusive one of them all. And <laughs> I've never really, I've been in Vegas driving on the, like the Baja 5,000 courses with Baja trucks. Um, but my truck was still pretty much stock um, except for the 37 inch tires. And yeah, I started getting real comfortable in that truck and I made about 10 laps and you saw me air it out. Yeah. And uh, dude, I caught about three foot of air. And when it landed, I mean, those tires were up in that fender well, but dude, Ford made this truck to race. Those shocks are huge. They are made for that. And uh, I'm glad I stopped, you know, around, around lap 10 because I was getting way too comfortable and I was just afraid of one of the damage I sliding sideways and losing control. And I started, yeah. I was getting up to 60, 70 miles an hour in these turns. Like, oh, shit, I, really? Yeah, dude, it was no joke, man. I had no, 
I had no videographer though. Uh, Tyler will be doing some videos, but I want to wait till some bumpers are on. Make it look a little different. And we're going to get out there and do the same thing, man. We're going to get some badass clips of this thing. That looks so fun. It is. Like, it, and I knew you were going to put some pics up, but those pics of that truck in the air is pretty badass, man. Yep. I'm waiting for Thomas to, I'm waiting for his pictures in the air, but I haven't seen the TRX in the air yet. So I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> no, he's got horsepower. But. There's, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of places in Frisco, Texas to go air a truck out. Actually, there is a Raptor Club that does. I'm, I'm going to be up there. I'm going to find it with Tyler. There's an off-road shop that rents out a track somewhere in Dallas, Fort Worth area that they have Raptor meetings out there. They air them out. So oh, man. I'll, I'll call you out there, brother. And uh, we'll go. <laughs> we can, you, can, you can ride the passenger side. I'm, I'm down, man. I'll put my helmet on. Oh, yeah. uh, I got an Iron Man helmet. I'll just put that thing on and we'll be good to go. <laughs> um, on, a random note, on a random note. Yeah. You would think, all right, landing like that, that I would have to, the airbags would explode, right? No. When you put it in Baja mode, Ford knows what you're doing with that truck, and it basically turns the airbags off. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like I didn't have to turn any switches off. You put it in Baja mode, uh, not necessarily four-wheel drive, but just in Baja mode, the truck knows that it's fixing to get pounded on. <laughs> and I don't know what point the airbags will explode. I'm sure if you roll the truck over or something crazy, yeah. but it knows it's going to take some beatings. And so I was mind blown at that, that Ford has all that technology behind it, man. That's really interesting. I dig it. I dig it. All right. So let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit. You're, are you on 75 hard right now? I am, man. Uh, today is day 45, sir. And this is the second time through, correct? Yep. Okay. After, so after nine attempts of the first one, <laughs> nine times to complete the first round. And I finished in April 10th. So, so if, this, this year has been wild, man. Finished 75 hard April 10th, went to MDM, met all y'all, and then joined Apex Executives in May. And, dude, it's, life's been on fire. Straight uh, up. Yeah, it's, it really is crazy to watch our group, um, especially the executive group. The, the things that it seems like everyone is doing are just astounding. And so many of us just taking advantage in the right way taking advantage of what's happening in the world and the economy, solving problems, figuring out where we can serve other people, figuring out where we can find a new place in the economy. And it's, it's really awesome to watch. And, you know, for, you know, my, my fitness background, there's not a whole lot of like uber successful fitness people. There's just not, it's not, you know, it's, it's hard to make a shit ton of cash in the fitness industry. But for someone like me, it motivates the shit out of me to watch people like you doing big shit you know, the Airbnb stuff is huge, you know, you and Brittingham and, and some of the other guys investing and, and I, I love watching it happen. But so what I want to talk about with 75 hard, you know, if you listen to me at all, I've been through 75 hard a couple of times. I did the entire live hard program before truly transformed damn near everything in my life. Um, if you're not familiar with the program, then you've been in a hole because if you're listening to me, you should know what the fuck it is. But um, I want to know what your experience was why you chose to actually take that challenge on and why you're on round two now. So this is a little bit of a long story, but it's well worth it, man. Um, I built a badass truck. Um, and I want to say May of 2019 customer spent about $25,000 with me. Ooh. All right. Um, it was Duramax Dually loaded to the hilt, brother. Um, and it had a vibration at 68 miles an hour that we could not get rid of. Um, uh, it was not consistent. Um, it would come and go as it wanted to. It was not every day. It was not every week. This was a bug of some sort. 
we, we took the truck apart, spent hours and hours and hours and hours. Long story short, I spent months on it, man. And I let that get to my body. I let that to get, when I stressed it, I eat. I'm sure you hear that a million times in your gym, stress eating. Yep. Dude, it brought me into depression because I could not figure that truck out. Um, I went to Houston, San Antonio, Austin. I spent probably 10, 15 grand on that truck trying to figure it out. And I could oh. not figure it out. Uh, trying to change the gears out, back to the gear story that we started with. Take, paid five grand to put the gears in it, get a different ratio, different RPMs. Thought it was fixed. Gave it back to the customer. He still had an open balance here of about $14,000. And I said, dude, just drive it, man. And he said, it's back, but it's not at the same RPM because the gears just changed the speed. I was like, holy shit, dude, 73 miles an hour. It's the driving vibrations at. Anyways, dude, I couldn't figure shit out, man. And that's, I think, I think April of 19 is when Andy kind of started 75 hard, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Ish, March, April. So I read into it, started following Andy, and I was like, dude, this dude's a beast, man. Well, fast forward to about, I mean, I was getting depressed, man. It took me out. Um, I didn't, I just turned to a lot of food, put on some weight. And uh, I got my buddy, Jed Kinney, and he was, he's an apex uh, entrepreneur, I believe. And he invited me out to go see Andy speak at the RK meetup um, in November of 19 in St. Louis. And so I went out there with him. Dude, it was, I've never been anything like that in my life. Uh, I was blown away. I was like, holy shit, this is badass, dude. So we got back in. And he goes, when are you going to start 75 hard? I was like, whoa, bro, like, calm down. And he goes, I can see in your eyes. He's known me for 15 years. He goes, you need it, man. And I said, I'll figure it out. Let me get this meal plan figured out. And dude, lo and behold, I figured it out. Five days later, fired it up. Dude, I got to day 65, Mark. I was on fire, dude. Dropping weight, feeling good, doing amazing things. And I, forgot to quit. I got cocky. I ain't going to lie. I, I looked at day 66 the next day. This is before the app, the phone. I looked back and I forgot to take my fucking picture. I failed. And yeah. I admitted to failure, man. Walked in. I was like, dude, I'm, what am I going to do? Am I going to be mad at myself? No, we're going to start the fuck over. We're going to get this done. So it took me. Uh, I failed. And uh, so I, it took me. I tried uh, seven more times, Mark. And uh, throughout the year and everything else, and I finally just tapped out, man. And wrote a hit in 20. Um Affected our business somewhat, but there's no, that was no excuse for me to fail. You follow me? I wasn't right. shutting my doors down or anything like that. I just, I tapped out. So then when Rona hit, fast forward, all of 20, most of 20 summer, put on some more weight, stress eating for no fucking reason at all. Dude, I got COVID in December of 20. And I was like, well, let's back up for one second. So on the 75 hard walk in the evening, my first round is when I discovered to do Airbnbs. Yeah, it was a mental clarity uh-huh. thing. I live on the river in South Texas. And I was like, dude, I have a badass spot, River Rapids behind me. And I was like, dude, why am I going to have parties out here when I can make money at this motherfucker? It just came to me, man. Mind clarity. When that, that last evening walk in the middle of nowhere, middle of darkness, when you got silence around it, your mind just wanders and does big things. So, yeah, that's where the Airbnb thing kicked off. So I fully executed with all that. But then um, I got Rona in December 20, dude. It took my fat ass down hard, brother. I was pushing 295 pounds. And I I have some stairs to climb at my house. And I was like, dude, this is bullshit. The minute I get over this, I turned 43 January of 21. I said, I'm fucking starting to save my heart. I will not fail. And dude, I did. I, man of my word, started, and I made it public all over my social media. Started January 20th, save my heart. Dude, nailed it. And you know what happened in February? You and your snake got a little cold. And, you know, the, the Texas freeze hit. Uh-huh. I didn't stop, brother. I pushed through. I walked on the icy road. I walked on the icy grass. Dude, I had hell. I had water pipes exploding in my rental houses. It was fucking nor- nasty, man. 
all I did was get on my bike and ride. I was like, fuck this, dude. Go exercise. So I, I finished it, dude. No quirks. April 10th. Nailed it, brother. Finished the shit out of it. Saw Ryan. I saw Sean Whalen was speaking with Ryan. I was like, yeah, I'm going to check this shit out at MDM. Uh, I only knew one person, man. That there, Monica Mother Trucker. <laughs> uh, pushed me to go. I met her back at Arte. And uh, she's the only person I knew there. And, uh, man, I was on fire after hearing Sean speak. I mean, he it's like a preacher speaking to you, man. It's speaking gospel yeah. truth. God's word into you. And, uh, and then I got on the phone with Thomas. And, uh, dude, we, we hit it off. He saw a vision in me of my knowledge of the off-road industry and how that I can assist others as he does in the car audio industry. He wanted, he wants to, he wanted to enlighten me that I could pursue that as an option. So dude, I had no idea that I was even capable of me to do that. My mind was not thinking that big. So now we're pursuing that hard, man. And then when I did Apex Evolution, I was like, dude, I'm leaving way too much on the fucking tank. So let's fuck, let's fire 75 hard up again. So here I am, day 45, brother. Drinking my water right here. And you know, again, commendable because if you're listening to this, we're recording this, it's December 22nd, which means you're talking 75 hard through Thanksgiving. Christmas, New Year's, which, you know, I always refer to this time of year as eating season because that's all, that's all I did, just eat and drink and get together with friends and eat and drink and eat and drink some more. And when you're done with that, eat and drink some more and not move a whole lot. So, you know, I, I always, I have, a, I have a couple of clients on it right now as well, intentionally this time of year, because again, you know, I always find you talk about the mental clarity aspect of it. I mean, People view this as a physical challenge, but it's not. The workout's part of it. We got that. That's the easiest component of the whole thing. It's getting up every day and doing it over and over and over again. And you have those moments of clarity where you look back. And I know my experience has been through 75 hard and all the phases. I can look 60 to 90 days back and something big is happening in my life because of the focus and clarity that I had when I was on the program. So it's no, it's no surprise when you talk about having that Airbnb moment of like, oh shit, like I can make money doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's no different than, you know, uh, opening up, you know, my mind to allowing Thomas to come in, Apex to come in and just being able to be coachable between it all, you know? Um, and yeah, so I quit drinking. I haven't touched alcohol since I first started 75 hard back in November of 19. So I'm celebrating two years of sobriety. Yeah, buddy. Am I going to say it's complete sobriety? No. When I was in Vegas, dude, I had a couple shots. But I don't drink on a basis at all, and I'll choose to drink when I want to drink. So I still call it sobriety. I don't know the technical definition of it, but I'm not, you know, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in control of that. It's interesting. There's so many people in our network that have given up alcohol. And again, not because they were addicts or, you know, they wouldn't even classify themselves as alcoholic, but getting to a point of understanding it's not serving me. Like it's, not, it's not helping me get to where I'm desiring to go. So why am I still doing this? And then to see these goals in front of me that Thomas has put in front of me of enlightenment, man, that alcohol, I don't want to wake up. You know what happens when we're hungover, dude? We don't want to go to the fucking gym. We eat like shit at Whataburger, Taco Cabana, Taco Bell. <laughs> dude, no, I don't want none of that in my life, man. I'm making good choices. You yeah, know, buddy. I, I'm uh, dude. So yeah, stuff's on fire, man. I got too many goals to accomplish and not enough time. Amen to that. So you are beginning to venture into business coaching, correct? Sure. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. What, what style of business, what type of clientele are you looking for? And, 
And what do you possess that you believe adds value in a way that most others can't? So let's, we'll back up for a second. Um, I had a buddy um, uh, analyze my business about three and a half years ago. You know, and I built this 8,000 square foot shop, you know, on an acre and a half. We're doing 2.1 million gross a year. And he goes, dude, it's only worth, you know, 150, 200,000. I'm like, what? What am I doing wrong? So as, you know, being coachable, I listened to him. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of credit card debt. I had, I was still working 16, 18 hours a day. Mm. And uh, I was tired, but I didn't want to give up. I mean, this is what I pursued. And man, he just helped walk me through all this. And uh, I'm now debt free. My credit card, my business evaluation has almost tripled and I have freedom. And so I know in our industry, in the tire, wheel, car, automotive, most of these businesses are going to be technician owned. You know, uh, if, if it's just like I started, you know, I could build the truck, I could take it all apart. Oh, shit, why not open up a business? They're not true businessmen, man. Right. So I want to be able to coach these guys and show them to leave a legacy and to have a full functioning business where they can work less hours, having more profitable business. And then if, if so, they want an exit strategy at some point, you know. Uh, so that's my whole goal, man. I want to empower other uh, off-road shops, truck accessory shops, and and uh, to not to my own horn, but I feel I have one of the best showrooms in the United States, and I get that from reps all across the nation when they walk in our showroom. And I want to show them how what customer service is like, what it needs to be. So I kind of picture myself as like a uh, John Taffer in Bar Rescue, like <laughs> just walking into these off-road shops and slinging these tires around and going, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, all this dramatic shit you see on TV. Um, it'll probably go that far, but it would be entertaining, you know. But yeah, I want to, I want to travel. Um, I have some crazy goals set for 2022. I'm buying a, gonna be buying a, a Sprinter van, an off-road edition, where I can live out of it. I want to buy multiple Airbnbs across the country, and I want to travel in that off-road Sprinter van, it's jacked up, fully containable, where you can live out of it for two weeks straight. And I want to travel these off-road shops and go check them out, man. Kind of just soup around, talk to these guys, you know, but I will become the authority in this industry, man, between the podcast, the book coming in 2022, all that's coming up. So that's super fun, man. And that's, you know, that's the hard part, right? Going from technician to actually being the CEO and being the authority because we get so good at what we do. And then you're like, I'm going to start my own business. And there's, there's some like TikTok or real audio right now. It's like, I didn't want a nine to five job. So I started my own business and now I work 24 <laughs> seven. It hurt. I felt it. So, you know, being able to, you know, I look at it as, as paying back, right? You know, now you, you have the knowledge, you have the expertise, you have a path that you can literally share with others that have the same passion you have that care about the industry, but now you get to give back and, and, you get to be the facilitator of freedom for so many other people. And that that's powerful. And that's something that a lot of people never get the opportunity to do. And when you can affect somebody's life like that, you know, you're talking generational change for some people. Even family change. I mean, their wives are going to thank me. Their kids are going to thank me. Dad's going to be at home more, you know, and none of this would have been possible. I'll be honest with you without Apex. I mean, this all started. I had no idea that any of this was even possible, but I am fully coachable. I'm, you know, my mind is always open and willing to learn, but I just got to give a huge shout out to Apex and what Ryan Stimmons created, man, because it had changed my life. Yeah, it, it's incredible. But you're right, Justin, like you are absolutely coach, uh, coachable. 
like there, there's no moment where I've ever seen pride get in your way of, of doing something. Like if you don't know it, you don't know it. And, and you know that if you stay open-minded, you'll know it soon enough. And, and there's not enough of us like that. There's not enough people like that. I'm sure I have moments where my, you know, I get my own fucking way because I think I, you know, I think I know it or pretend I know it when I don't. But that's, a, that's such a huge uh, trait of winners. It really is. And that's why you've progressed so much in such a short amount of time now. Like you, you're on this, like, you know, to the moon right now <laughs> with everything you're doing. It's so fucking fun to watch. Well, I mean, it's like a hockey stick. We all compared to the hockey stick, you know, and dude, I'm on that brisk of that hockey stick. Just coming straight up for it, man. <laughs> uh, nothing's going to be stopping in my way, man. I'm yeah. excited. Oh, no, it's great. Um, so as we start to wrap this up, uh, my only other question that I that I always ask will ask you as well, sir. So, you know, we do a lot of social media stuff. We do a lot of posting. Your stories are great, by the way. I love them. Um, the food ones, you like those food ones or the workout ones? Yes. <laughs> Half of being a trainer is just talking about food. So, right. Um, yeah, you eat some you eat some pinkies up high class shit, man. That's it. Hey, I'm on the carnivore diet, brother. We got to we got to eat our meat. Uh, but, but if you knew that the very next thing that you posted would go viral, like everyone's talking about, Oh, did you see what Justin posted? Oh my God, it's amazing. What would you want that post to be? One, I would want it to impact people, but I want to show people that I can come from nothing and achieve greatness. That I come from a middle-class family, average Joe, that greatness is possible if you simply do the freaking work period. Amen to that. I mean, we're doing the work brother every day in the trenches in and out, you know, so that, that, that's, that's the legacy that I want to leave. You know, I, I think that's a great lesson because so many people they're willing to do some of the work, but they're not willing to keep doing the work. And there, if there's one theme that I've heard from you in, in this interview, the entire time we're talking is just resiliency it's you just didn't stop. Like you had a vision, you have, you know, you're clear on what you wanted and no matter how you needed to get there, you just kept moving forward. And that's where most people fail because hardship's going to happen. We know that it's coming, more of it's coming, but you know, just having that mindset of, well, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to make it work regardless of what's happening around me. I'm going to do what I can do under my control and take action that I can do. That's, that's the power right there. And, and like I said, it just shines through in everything we've talked about. Um, you know, and as Ryan talks about the force of average, dude, I am not average. You're not average. And I refuse to be around average people now. Like, yeah. I don't even want to, I don't want a part of it. You know, there's too much average out there and none, neither of us are average and I want better for everybody around me. Amen to that. Uh, tell the people where they can follow you, find out more about what you're doing, where they can link up with you, all that good stuff. Yep. So uh, reach out to me on Facebook, Justin, last name, S-C-H-O-E-N-E-R, pronounced Shainer. Um, Instagram, Jay Shainer, um, Outlaw Offroad of Texas on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, man, follow along my journeys. You got any business questions? You got any, uh, want to lose some weight, fat boy advice? Whatever you want, man. <laughs> I was always husky in, in junior high. You know, you read that postmark. I know you laugh at it. You know, my grandma always called me husky and we were dropping some weight. We're getting in shape. Um, constant work on progress and you know yeah drop in the dms man i'm willing to help anyone out that i can you are fantastic sir i appreciate your time very much 
and uh, go follow this man. I'll put all this stuff in the show notes. Go give him a follow. His stories are really entertaining, by the way. And he loves live music too. So you'll get a concert in your stories, almost like nightly, it seems, but <laughs> at least every other night. Uh, so thanks again for tuning in. And as always, get out there and make good choices. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. If you would like to get a copy of my book, Make Good Choices, head on over to the Amazons, type in Make Good Choices or my name. It should come up in either place. If you would like to connect with me for health and fitness coaching, shoot me an email at info at markzfitness.com or shoot me a text 214-418-8872. That's the only phone number I got been out there for a really long time. Hope you enjoyed the show and until next time, keep on making good choices.